When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, Chelsea fans, and welcome to the latest Blue is the Colour podcast from the Football.London team. Uh, I'm Tom Marshall-Bailey, editor for the website I'll be hosting again today. We've got Ollie, our Chelsea writer. Good afternoon. Hello. And we've got Kev, features and transfers editor. I went through that really quickly so we didn't have to dwell on how long <laughs> the title was. Here's a go. Not too bad. Um, one all at the weekend, and I think there's been... Kind of almost a bit of a mixed response from fans on Twitter. Ollie, you were at the game. How uh, you're say you've said to me ahead of this? Don't don't hit the panic button. How did how did you kind of assess the game from the press box? Yeah, well, it was it was always going to be a tough game. I think if you look at Burnley's home record, we talked about it last week. Just how good they have been at home, and and they showed it once again why they have been so good. They defended resolutely. They had their own chances. If you know, apart from Pedro's goal. And the Hazard chance, you'd say that um, Burnley had the better chances as well. Matty Loughton going through and Andre Gray having a good chance as well. So Burnley showed just how good they can be at home. And it's sort of, it's very odd why they're so poor away. It's quite incredible really on that performance. I think it just, uh, I think for Chelsea fans it was probably just a bit frustrating. Probably the most frustrating game that they've had in quite a while if you look back. You know, apart from obviously the Spurs defeat, they haven't really failed to break through any other teams, particularly in such an amazing run. And they just couldn't couldn't get through at all. Nothing really happened. The tricks and the flicks just didn't work. You know, Hazard wasn't quite at it. Uh, Costa again wasn't quite at it. So you know, it was just a, a, a say a frustrating afternoon, but but one they you know there's no reason to hit the panic button as we say because. You know, Burnley have been so good at home. And let's not forget, Kev, this is a team, Burnley, that have, have lost three times at home this season, uh, each time by one goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manchester City won 2-1 there. They were behind. Arsenal won with a, with a goal right at the death that was very, very contentious. Yeah, contentious and, is a kind way of putting that. And, and Swansea on the opening day is a, you know, a complete anomaly, really, when you consider the other two defeats. So, I... I don't. I don't buy this idea of like that. Chelsea fans need to need to worry anyway. It's still eight points clear. Yeah, I don't think Chelsea fans need to worry, but I do think there's a balance to be found. They can definitely be disappointed with the result. Yeah, you know they go one 0 up after what six minutes. Mm. Uh, they should have closed that game out. That's a limited Burnley side, and you can see that in their away record. Um, like Robbie Brady's free kick was. Superb, uh, you know. As as an Irishman, that was beautiful to see. <laughs> it's great to see him back in the Premier League. He's a very good player. Um, but yeah, I, Chelsea should have closed that game out definitely. Um, you know, when the first goal went in, you got a, the feeling that this could be four or five, and they just never really pushed on, did they? Um, you know, Burnley are very good at home, but they've got a very poor record when they fall behind. I think that might have been their first point, having fallen behind one nil all season. Um, which you know, there's no, it's no reason to hit the panic button. They've got an eight-point cushion. They're in a very comfortable position, but you know, it it 
there were a lot of calls for Cesc Fabregas to be brought into the team beforehand and you could see that lack of creativity yeah so I think that that is something that Conte needs to look at uh, there's a lot to be said for consistency in team selection but there's a line to be drawn between consistency and kind of just stagnation yeah I think what the what, the, what it did show was that they um, they haven't needed to go to a plan B recently at all yeah. he's, he, you know he's not needed to, to change from that three at the back he's not needed to do to do any of that um, he did do that on on Sunday. He changed to to a very very attacking four four two. It was almost a four two four with Alonso and Aspilicueta playing as wing backs. It was quite incredible to watch at times, but it did highlight the fact that they just need to work maybe on a plan B just in case over the next couple of games. You know they've got Swansea, West Ham. If they are resolute in those games, just to find an extra way to break a team down. I mean, I, I said it in the talking points and uh, the piece afterwards about the amount of crosses that went into the box. And it was just incredible, really, every time there was a cross. And you could blame uh, Alonso, you could blame Moses for the delivery, but it was actually, when the balls went into the box, there was no one there apart from Costa. Absolutely no one there. I mean, Pedro and Hazard obviously aren't the biggest guys. They're not going to be winning headers against the likes of me and, and Michael Keane. But they just, you know, if it didn't go to Costa, it didn't go to anyone, really. And it was, again, it was quite surprising... I thought that he didn't bring Batshuayi on just a bit earlier, just to help out and, and maybe go two up front and see how that went. And um, I think that's maybe just one area that sort of highlighted on Sundays, just for that plan B. Is, is Batshuayi not contractually obligated to only play? <laughs> it seems like it at the moment. <laughs> it seems like it at the moment, yeah. I just have to say, there, there was a wonderful thought that went into my head then when you said... Um, me and Michael Keane yeah. visiting, <laughs> visiting you and Michael Keane at the heart of the Burnley defence just the yeah. warrior type central defender anyway we'll gloss over <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know uh, Ali looks very like Tom Davies <laughs> yes yeah absolutely yeah absolutely I do anyway moving on <coughs> moving on um, did I know in the player ratings that you did after the game Nemanja Matic got a bit of um, a little bit of criticism, mm. and, and there were obviously calls prior to the match. We'll come on to Fabregas in a bit more detail later, but there were a few calls from from Chelsea fans. Why is Cesc not starting? This is a perfect opportunity to mm. give him a game. Do you think Matic is one of those players at the moment in that eleven that you'd consider not dispensable, but kind of not gar- absolutely guaranteed of their kind of position? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you look at who they're playing, you've got to you've got to think about that. They, I mean, Conte would have known obviously that Burnley were going to be tough to break down, um, and so it was a bit surprising about why he didn't start Sesk. Only because as well that the Burnley aren't going to be a team that are going to pass it through the middle. They're not going to you know they were they were always looking to to miss out Matic and and Kante in the middle and go straight for the front man. Look for those knockdowns to Gray. Um, off Ashley Barnes so it was a bit surprising and it did show you know Matic he didn't have a great game to be honest he was he was at fault for the goal I mean obviously it was a wonderful free kick but you know he tried to do a, a back heel and he just went astray and then he brought down Joey Barton for the for the goal and it's, his passing wasn't great it was obviously very difficult conditions as well let's not forget that but it was one of those games that you just thought Cesc would have brought that extra little bit of magic and, and cut through and, and as Kev said, you know, trying to kill off the game earlier with him in the middle of the field he could have quite easily done that, yeah. Were there were there any other potential weaknesses that you saw at all in Chelsea? Any kind of chinks in the armour? Uh I think there's an interesting thing that we've got this season and last season is that you're gonna have consecutive champions who for the most part had the same starting eleven the whole way through the season. 
which we haven't seen in a very long time. Um, So I think Conte is a bit against changing up the team too much. He doesn't want to... Of course. It's largely a winning formula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think that there, there is a line to be drawn there and I think... Two players who I who aren't really getting game time at the moment who I would like to see more of are Cesc Fabregas and Willian. I think Willian is a fabulous player. He's he's so good to not be using him that much. I know that Pedro is playing well at the moment. And we discussed this briefly beforehand. But I just think that Willian is just... He's he's a game changer. I don't know how you can leave him out. And I think that Kante just needs to find a way to get him into that team because he's, he's just so good. Blessed, blessed with that many attacking resources. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say something else you flagged up to me ahead of this, Ollie, about about Costa. It's not again. Let's let's not overreact and and be panicking about this. But it's becoming a little bit of a drought for him in front of goal, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah, it is becoming something of a, a drought. Um, he, he's he's not scored since the whole game. Yeah, he? absolutely. Where, yeah, where he did the the. Talking. talking hands yeah. yeah which you know always when you do a celebration like that you never know where it might come back to bite you but yeah. it, you you could sense a little bit of um at Burnley you could just sense that that bit of trying too hard when he had the ball that I mean strikers are known for being that little bit more selfish than other players they want to score goals of course they do but there were times where he was looking for shots when they weren't quite there so they were getting blocked quite easily instead of maybe looking for that next ball so there is that element I think obviously you know, we don't expect him to play at the weekend in the FA Cup. That's another week to dwell on it. Um, he goes into the Swansea game and he'll be, you know, desperate to score there and, and sort of put any... That's when the droughts start becoming, you know, bigger talk, doesn't it, really? If he doesn't score at Swansea, that's when you start looking at it and thinking, it's, is he in a rut? Especially if he doesn't score, but Lorente does. Well, there is, yeah, absolutely, yeah. After all the talk in January about Lorente coming over, yeah, if he does score, that would be uh, one for the headlines, definitely. But, but as we said... It's still eight points. Mm. It's ten points in front of Arsenal and Spurs. The three teams clo- immediately closest to Chelsea are all going to be in in European action in some in some form before Chelsea commence again in in the league. Um, they've got you know I, I, you can see it both ways, but it's been a help certainly rather than a hindrance having time to think and assess. And mm. Conte is obviously very methodical in how. He goes about things, and he will have identified near Mart the problems from Sunday. You suspect, and obviously the Wolves game is going to be a lot of rotation. But I don't, I don't think that's a, a hindrance in any way. Having this big gap between the two games, do you? No, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, as we said, you know, eight points clear at the top of this stage is a, a fantastic lead to have. I mean, you know, we talked about last week who, who, uh, who's sort of closest to them, City or, or Spurs, and. You know, Spurs, the way they played against Liverpool, if they play any more like that, they're not going to get anywhere near to Chelsea. City um, looked good again against Bournemouth, but there's still obviously some question marks about them, whether they can go on an absolutely fantastic run. And, you know, Gabriel Jesus, now that we know, should be out for about two or three months. That's a massive, massive blow for them from the way he was lining up the Premier League. So, no, I don't think think they'll be too worried about it. I think, you know, going into the Swansea game, they'll be plenty confident and they should you know at home even though Paul Clement's done a fantastic job over there you'd think that they should be okay for that one yeah I think at this stage of the season for any team to catch Chelsea they really have to win out mm. just the rest of their games mm. which is very unlikely for there is uh, so, so many of these meetings between clubs Liverpool Arsenal's the next fixture, league fixture yeah. for Arsenal um, you've got City and United face off against each other Spurs have still got United to welcome they've still got um, 
City to welcome. Sorry, Arsenal to welcome mm. um, to White Hart Lane. So there's so many meetings between those two, yeah. between and, those clubs. And on top of that, you've got Man City in the Champions League. You got Arsenal in the Champions League. You got Spurs in the Europa League. You got them in the FA Cup. They're and they don't have big squads. And Chelsea don't have a very big squad either, but they don't need one. They haven't. They haven't needed one this year, and next year is going to be the real challenge for Conte. Yeah, I mean, I think as well. If you look at, I mean, Sunday was was by far their toughest away test up until. I mean, I know they've got United away and they and Everton away still to come, but the league could well be done and dusted by then. And then this next run, they've got uh, West Ham coming up away after the Swansea game, but. You know, we know what the London Stadium is like. It's not the same anymore, is it? It's yeah, not the same you, you saw what City went. And yeah, did exactly, absolutely. Twice yeah. in a, in a yeah. month. Yeah. yeah. So you just, so you just feel like that that away game was always going to be tough on Sunday, and they've they've gotten past it with the draw. Obviously, a bit frustrating, but you know, still eight points clear. So yeah. And on Fabregas, um, plenty of calls for him to start. He's, he, I think it's remarkable how well he's done, given that he's only had kind of cameo appearances here and there I mean the the game at Watford earlier this season when he pings that ball mm. through the heart of their defence for Costa to run onto and, and scores do you think Conte just has to I, I mean you'd imagine he'll play against Wolves this weekend if he puts in a good performance there surely he's banging on the door then to say look you know give me a chance like Swansea at home again as you say Paul Clemens done a great job there and they're probably not the same opposition they would have been a month two months ago mm. but Again, at home, you're expected to dominate possession. Swansea will probably sit deep and try and hit them on the count like they did at Anfield, obviously. Fabregas is the kind of player that can pick those locks that Matic can't. Yeah, absolutely. I think he will. I can I can definitely envision him starting that game um, because I think it's just, it is that thing of he doesn't want it to happen again at what happened at Burnley. He doesn't want to have that frustration of not being able to sort of pick the lock. And I think Sesk is... is Give him that starting and, and do it, and then you know go on to the West Ham game and see from there. See what he thinks if if Matic should start from there. I I would start. So, I mean, I think he'll start this Saturday in the FA Cup. I'm sure he will, and I think he should start against Swansea. Yeah, yeah. You you, you asked if if he plays well this weekend, is he banging on the door? He's already banging on the door. If he plays well on Saturday, he all but kicks the door in. Mm-hmm. You know, he should be in that team. They need a little bit of spark. Eden Hazard isn't the same player he was two seasons ago. Um, he's still a very talented player, but he's not got that consistency. I don't know why, but he just can't seem to string things together quite like he could I mean, two years ago. You've got the brilliance of the goal against Arsenal, followed by another fairly off-colour performance. And don't get me wrong, he's produced in big games this season. He scored the goal that mm. didn't play brilliantly against Manchester, Manchester City. At the, uh, the Etihad but scored mm. again against Arsenal took, kind of took centre stage when he wanted to but there have been a few off-colour performances at places like Burnley yeah. um, what do you put that down to? Uh, it's difficult what to put it down to really yeah, I mean I, I, I just think at this that's this why level we pay of, you the big bucks <laughs> <laughs> but, but at this level of elite sport like even just the tiniest change in mentality you can yeah can ruin a player you've seen plenty of players who have all the talent in the world and if their head's not right then they can't produce it do you, do you just get the impression that I'm just going to put this out there feel free to completely shoot it down but do you get the impression with Hazard because Conte's got such an emphasis on the collective and the team spirit and the 
back three as a unit and the Matic as a unit and the wing backs working kind of in tandem with each other and it all being about the collective unit rather than individuals I mean don't get me wrong he's lighting up games like the Arsenal game with just flashes of quality that are, are brilliant but do you think he almost kind of is and he is working a lot harder off the ball but do you think he's kind of having to adjust and adapt a little bit to that? Yeah maybe I mean Jose Mourinho asked a lot of his players to do that as well a lot of that work and that was one one of the reasons why Hazard didn't quite shine under him you know when Mourinho was was back again Um, I think there is an element of that and also Conte if you after after the Arsenal game he was asked about Hazard and he he sort of praises off the ball work more than he actually did the on the ball work I think just with Hazard but do we want him do we, that's that's the question, I guess. No, it? I mean you want he's a player that when he gets the ball lights up, lights up the stadium, doesn't he? And you want him to be doing that. And I think that, yeah, I mean it's difficult to put down why his performances maybe aren't as consistent. Maybe he's just not the same player as he was a couple of years ago. But he still has those flashes of brilliance, and still a reason why he's never going to be <clears throat> dropped. You know, if there's ever talk of William coming in, it's always just for Pedro. It's never for Eden Hazard and. And he has that, and maybe, but maybe again, maybe that's something that needs to be looked at. Maybe he needs a shot in the arm to be dropped, and maybe get that consistency back week in week in. But maybe, maybe not even dropped, just maybe rested. Maybe he just needs a bit of time off. But it's yeah. a bit difficult to say that though when this team only playing once every week, isn't it? To be saying rest. I mean, I know I said about David Luiz not playing this week because of a knee injury, but but that's an injury. That's mm. that is different. Um, I don't know. To be honest with you, I think the way football's going, you've seen. Leicester last season with they had a very set system and there was there wasn't a lot of change in who was producing that system and this season you're seeing the same with Chelsea and it seems like football is going towards a more team collective kind of way it's been doing that pretty much the last 20 years you're seeing less and less kind of one-man teams and you know even when the jokes about Arsenal being a one-man team with Robin Van Persie or Spurs Alexis. being a one man or Alexis now or Spurs being a one man team with Gareth Bale back in the day it was still less of a one man team than you would have had back in the 80s so I think Conte's kind of thought process is that the whole team collective is more important than any individual performance and you know it it is denying us these amazing pieces of brilliance that Eden Hazard that can produce Maybe he wants to move to a club that will let him kind of produce these ridiculous moments by himself. There was talk about him going to Real Madrid two years ago. Maybe that since that didn't materialise, he's not been quite able to get his head right in Chelsea. I don't think he's necessarily throwing a strap, and I don't think he's want away. Angling but, for a move, yeah. Yeah, but, you know... Maybe there is that. It's got in his head a little bit. Maybe there is that little bit in his head of just thinking, you know, I, I could be the star of the show, because you, you need an ego to get this far in elite sport, to have that confidence in yourself to push yourself every single day to do what they do, but at the same time you can't have that part of your ego without the other part of saying I need to be the star. So, but naturally, Conte doesn't want to deviate from this team collective and and therefore you can begin to understand his thought process with a player like Matic who puts the team before Uh. himself but but even from going back to the 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 egotistical perspective for a manager 
he's praised most when the team works together as a team rather than have individual performances so it's it's even in his interest to have you know to beat someone as a team performance 1-0 than to have Eden Hazard do something brilliant and win 1-0 Ollie I feel like we've opened a real can of worms with this one yeah I think I think maybe we've been 3.18 on a on a a Tuesday (laughs) afternoon and we've reached we've reached the I think let's let's not be too hypercritical of Hazard here as well I mean I think we're in danger of of putting down of, of what his performances are as well I mean Yes, it's not the consistency, but let's remember as well, he is a player that will every week be targeted. He'll be the one that Paul Clement this week and, and Claude Makaleli will be thinking, right, well, how do we stop Eden Hazard? I mean, that's, that's the way it is. That's in Claude's nature. Well, absolutely, yeah. I mean, Claude, you know, is, uh, that's his sort of, that's his sort of uh, mantra, isn't it? Uh, so I think that, you know, it's difficult to, to really, to, to that consistency. Burnley obviously were a side on Sunday that, I mean, at times they they were playing four at the back, but at times they'd be defending with five at the back and three three in front of them, and they just couldn't pick the lock on that occasion. And I think that with Hazard, it's just just one of those one of those days really, and you could see with the tricks and the flicks just not coming off. Um, but yeah, let's not. I don't think we should be too uh, super critical. No, of I, what, I, what he's achieved and doing. Yeah, I mean, I think the only reason that we're talking about this at all is because it is Eden Hazard, and so much is expected of him. Mm. You know, if if Pedro was putting in the kind of performances he was people wouldn't really be talking about it that much he's a fantastic player and any any team would want him still mm, absolutely I lost words after that <laughs> um, he's well for me he's been one of the outstanding performers in the, in the Premier League this season I but he will be rested this Saturday mm. um, 5.30 kick off at Wolves down at Molyneux um, which fringe players do you expect to be involved obviously there's op- there's you know, big opportunities for people to come in and stake a bit of a claim, given the Burnley result and a little bit of disappointment. You, you're hoping those players that they've got on the bench will step up, and you know, from the reserves as well, will step up and make a real statement. Yeah, I think. Well, I think we'll. You know, he made nine changes for the last game against Brentford, and I can't see him making any less changes than that this week, even even more. Um, you know, John Terry did pick up a nasty injury last week, so it'd be interesting to see if he's fit and back for the game. Um, it obviously gives another chance for the likes of Nathan Ake to come in and and Kennedy as well could even I mean if John Terry doesn't make it for the game I can see Ake playing in centre back and Kennedy coming in and playing at the left wing back position I mean Kennedy had a, you know, a horrible loan spell at Watford it was dreadful I mean he played one he played one game of fifteen minutes away at Burnley um, and. It was a it was a dreadful experience really with injury and all that and a lot of people expected him to go back out on loan and that didn't happen so you know it's got it's got to be frustrating for for players when you know that your options are limited at the time and you're not getting any game time it's the same with Charlie Masonda as well who it'd be quite nice to see him involved I mean he's not even been in the match day squads for the FA Cup games um, so it'd be it'd be nice to see to see him get some game time as well um, so I can see a lot of the a lot of the uh, team rotating, of course, Batshuayi as well with Costa and this, you know, mini drought, if you like. If if Batshuayi comes in, performs really, really well, gets a couple of goals, then he'll still be on the bench. He'll still be on, on the bench. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe yeah. Have half of hour he might, he might get half hour in the next game. Yeah. So, you know, it's just one of those things of just just putting a bit of pressure. Obviously, there is some, you know, Wolves obviously knocked out Liverpool 
so there is that element of it. It's going to be a rocky Molyneux, I'm sure. Um, so, but they've got enough experience in that B team, if you like, um, to really see that off. Yeah, I think as well with the the lack of changes in the Premier League team this season, this is one of the few chances for these kind of B players to get a look in, really. And you were talking about how frustrating it is when players aren't playing as much as they want to. Think if Nathan Ake doesn't get game this week. I don't know why he wouldn't, mm. but if he doesn't, he should just cancel his contract. Why did they bring him back? Well, what's what's Eddie Howe thinking? I mean, if you look at this, <laughs> I mean, if you, they've lost, is it every game since he's or they've drawn one game? I think since yeah. he since he returned in, in and January, shipping goals left, right, and centre. Unbelievable, yeah. I mean, and it's, the, six also, against Everton. I, I had a look as well at some of the goals. The number of goals that are coming in their kind of. Right in their left-hand channel, mm. opposition's right-hand side. Barkley springs to mind immediately. Last night, Sterling coming in on the far post. Yeah. So many, and that's the position Ake had kind of assumed, the left-sided central defensive role. Yeah. They just look like they've got a real void in the heart of their defence. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I, under, I completely understand why Conte brought him back, absolutely, because he needed, to, he needed protection for that left wing-back position and yeah. he needed an extra guy maybe in centre-back, but more for that left wing-back position in case Alonso did go down with an injury or something. Or even if Alonso didn't perform. If it, that's the thing. If Ake performs really well on, on Saturday, there's every chance he could you know, sneak into a spot and push Alonso again. So... I just yeah, you got to feel for Bournemouth a little bit. I mean, with that with that respect of Ake, and it'd be good to see him start and hopefully put in a good performance. Yeah. It's a, it it shouldn't be a banana skin, but given how well they performed at Anfield and they, they didn't really let Liverpool have anything, they've kind of almost I guess for them it's it's become almost a little bit of a destruction because they're by no means safe. Obviously, 18th, I, th- I think they're fairly clear of the relegation zone, but they. I I just feel like they will probably th- this is their cup final mm. and and they will be you know the, the mind the mindset of the club at the moment will be f- geared towards this game entirely it's you know Chelsea have got to turn up at Molyneux and put in a real really professional performance yeah but you also got to take a look at that Liverpool team that lost to them mm. that wasn't well, it wasn't a good side and it's they, true it's a very young side it's well. a very was, young side yeah. and they they very much underestimated Wolves and I don't think Chelsea will do that because of the Liverpool result yeah and I think Chelsea and better players in the well, they, better, better players their experience their B team if you like is full of experience Begovic in gold you know Terry if he's fit Zuma Ake has been Fa- playing Premier League Fabregas, Fabregas yeah. yeah you know they've all I mean one of Pedro Willian will probably come back in yeah. you know that's when you say it's a B team that's yeah. a hell of a B team and it's Completely different eleven to the one that Liverpool were able to put out. Yeah, I mean, you know, Chelsea fans might not like to really talk about it too much, but there there was a time when Fabregas was the captain of Arsenal. He's not inexperienced. No, absolutely not. He's he's a good player, and you know, he's hungry to get into that side. And a team like Wolves is almost perfect for him of playing these lower level teams. I've seen him before in FA Cup games against uh, some Arsenal versus Leeds he came on with about 20 minutes to go and just actually ran the show in that he, if you ever watch him against championship sides Fabregas really a level above yeah it's, it's very clear how much better he is than that sort of opposition it's when you get against these kind of top class defenders that he struggles 
So I think Chelsea should be quite comfortable. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, were... it's it's just about the emotion. Yeah, it is about that. It's you know, the FA Cup is always slightly different, but they. No, they saw off Brentford pretty easily, and I know it was at home. Brentford brought some absolutely superb support down there, um, and you know sometimes it's actually uh, it's better for better for Premier League times to be going to a Championship team because as much as the emotion is there, it's not quite as big as if they've been going to. You know, I'd be a bit more worried if I was Arsenal going down to Sutton, for example, <laughs> than uh, than Chelsea going to to Wolves because you know it is a better. Uh, I know obviously the Sutton example, they're going to it's a three G pitch or four G yeah. pitch, but you know Chelsea are um, they're going to a Championship side. The pitch, I'm sure, will be in pretty decent nick yeah. for whatever for whatever the conditions are at the moment. And it's just one of those games where they you know they shouldn't be too worried about it. Obviously side on the, on the side of caution but no I don't think they'll be too worried about this Saturday the final kind of leading question um, is there a risk of the FA Cup becoming a distraction at all for Chelsea I mean it's not you know a regular fixture every other weekend say that they're going to have to navigate but it's still an additional fixture to add on to the calendar it's, it's going to be it obviously he's in a position Conte where he can rotate for those fixtures but when you get to the latter stages and when you draw the bigger clubs and when the prize gets nearer there is obviously going to be a temptation to you know play some of the, the bigger guns yeah I, I actually think it's more of an incentive because they've got they've got a wonderful chance to go and win the double I mean for Conte to come in in his first season to win yep. the Premier League in the FA Cup it's, it's just absolutely fantastic, and I think that is it's more of an incentive than a distraction. Obviously, if they, you know, if they draw at the weekend, then it adds to that with a replay. You know, if they draw again the next time, then another replay. I know how the fixtures can build up, but because of no European football, yeah, I don't think it's too much of a distraction for them. I think obviously in the latter stages he will start. I'd like to see Conte even in the latter stages give these fringe players that have got them to say they do get past Wolves, get past the next level and, and give them a bit of a chance as well. But yeah, I see it more, way more as an incentive to go on with a double than actual distraction from them. Well, yeah, they're, they're, they're two games away from Wembley, mm. you know, and people do like to talk down the FA Cup and all that, but it's still, it's silverware and you get to play at Wembley and, you know, Conte doesn't seem like someone who doesn't want to win all of the time. <laughs> Well, this is true. <laughs> um, finally, just to wrap up, score predictions for Saturday, please. Wolves v Chelsea. I'm going to go with 3-1 Chelsea. I went with that for the Liverpool game. Can I do it again? Go on then, I'll go through. I'll stay with 3-1. It's my favourite scoreline of the... If, of the if not, you're going to run out of scoreline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. I thought I should try and be a bit just more... It's got like a little though. book beside yeah. the table. Oh, potential scoreline. Oh. I've already crossed that one off. No, I'm, up, I'm up to 14 now. Uh, I'm going to go for 3 now. I that, that comfy. Yeah, I think Chelsea... I think Wolves will scare them a bit, and then... Ooh, like that. Uh, ooh. Good run. Uh, <laughs> and... Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, after 40 minutes or so, Chelsea will start... We'll just ease into the game and just take over. Comprehensive. I'm going to go 2-0. I think... First 20 minutes, they'll be up for it. The crowd, under the lights, rocking on you, all of that. I then think Chelsea just take the, the sting out of it and, and score a, a bit of a sucker punch goal and I, I can't see anything other than Chelsea 
getting back to winning ways and, and getting themselves in a position for the Swansea game where things look I'm not saying things don't look rosy now but that little bit rosier I guess um, but that's sadly about all we've got time for for the latest Chelsea Blue is the Colour podcast at London. Um Ollie thank you very much for joining us you'll thank be you. at Molyneux on Saturday I will be yeah fantastic look forward to all of the coverage from that and Kev thank you as well for joining us this afternoon thank you I will not be at Molyneux and I didn't even have to ask you. <laughs> brilliant everyone's a winner um Thank you for listening as well. Please uh, remember to visit www.football.london um, and we're also on Twitter and Facebook too, so please do give us a follow and a like and uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. Thank you very much and goodbye.